Welcome to the Driven Woman Podcast, where we're on a mission to empower women with the mindset, tools, and strategies so that they can lead powerfully and authentically in order to make a massive impact on this world. I'm your host, Sophia Bryan. I have another amazing guest for you today, and by my enthusiasm, you can tell that she's Jamaican. (laughs) I love interviewing Jamaicans on here. So she is pursuing postdoctoral research on cultural policy and cultural industries and focusing on creative cities, technology, and transnational cultural flows. I'm sure she'll explain what all of that means. As part of her PhD at the Australian National University, she did significant primary research on the popular cultural industries of reggae, Bollywood, K-pop, and K-drama. She's also an adjunct lecturer in film at Caribbean School of Media 7 Communications at the University of the West Indies, Mona. She has a passion for the arts and culture and was previously the film commissioner of creative industries in Jamaica. After her Rhodes Scholarship at Oxford University, she worked at UNESCO on oral and intangible heritage and has done cultural and branding consultancies internationally, including Jamaica and Australia. She's co-author of Global Cultural Economy with Rutledge Publishers and has published in the Journal of Arts Management, Law and Society, and Journal of Pop, Music, and Society. She also contributes to the Policy Forum of the Asia and Pacific Public Policy Society and sits on various boards in both the UK and in Jamaica. My guest today is Miss Kim Marie Spence. Hi, Kim Marie. Hi, how are you? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. I'm so Thank excited. Thank you for inviting me. Yes, 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 yes. Um, I'm excited to have this chat with you today. Um, I really just love uh, speaking with persons who have followed their passion and have managed to make a career out of it. I think that's pretty awesome. So I love to start off the conversations by asking persons what their childhood was like and how that influenced or has influenced the path that they've taken and the person they are today. Wow. Um, my childhood. So I, um, I am Kimberly Spence. I grew up in Kingston, Jamaica. I actually grew up in a neighborhood called Swallowfield. You might know it. Um, it's a, a poor neighborhood near the national stadium in Kingston. Mm-hmm. Um, I was raised in a single parent family. So my mom was head of the household, um, have a brother, went. Yeah. Um, and, you know, the, you know, while I'm now quite tight with my father, um, you know, at that time growing up in, in Kings, in Kingston, you know, I got a government scholarship and went to Immaculate, mm-hmm. Immaculate Conception High School. And that, you know, was a significant part of childhood because up until that point, I didn't quite know how poor I was. Oh, my God. Sounds familiar. 
Still, <laughs> <laughs> I went in Maclet and learned um, learned a lot. I'm very grateful for the discipline and the, uh, and even um, the eye opening, like the understanding of um, class and color in Jamaica, which I think you know I have friends that are just learning that now, mm-hmm. and it's a bit traumatic um yeah, yeah you know not that i agree with these systems and hierarchies but you know the lack of knowledge is is dangerous yes um and so i you know during that time i i was a reader so i would think in terms of the influences from that period um my mother all, always made us read the newspaper i think it was an a way f- uh for us to leave her alone while she, mm-hmm. you know, got dinner together or whatever. <laughs> but it's been a long-lasting thing. You, I'll, randomly, I'll say to people that, you know, if you've been reading the paper for 30 years every day, the kind of things that, that uh, a knowledge that builds and having yes. lived in about 11 countries around the world, you know, I, tra- I track all these news in, ta- in different time zones. So the amount of knowledge... And I think that also started a thirst for one, a global perspective mm-hmm. and also an on, an, a need for facts and research, uh, you know, not just saying things because you can't say them. I think this is, etc. And I think that has come out in one, my research work now, but also my path in terms of Capri, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, and reading about places that I've now had the privilege to have visited. I, at that time as a child, you know, one of the few things I, I wanted to just see somewhere else because, mm-hmm. you know, I lived in this small neighborhood, you went to school, etc. You didn't have money to do anything really. So um, I just wanted to explore. And I guess I'm still exploring, much to my mom's dismay, but. <laughs> wow. Um, I, I really, before I get into the other questions, I really want to, tap into what you said about class and um, colorism in Jamaica because I went to a, a school similar to Immaculate in terms of um, upper middle and upper class uh, children came there. Mm-hmm. And for me, it was like an opportunity for me to really compare uh, my experiences to what the experiences they were living and even though I had that experience in high school, I did not realize just how classist Jamaica is until I would say I'm this many years old. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, because I, 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 I started to travel and I'm like, okay, all right, this is what the world is about. And then I come home and I say, oh my God, this is really what Jamaica, Jamaica is like. And what was traumatic for me was I had a dating experience with someone who is from quote-unquote uptown. I used Mm -hmm. to kind of avoid, try to avoid mixing and mingling with uptown people, so to speak, um, because the idea of not working hard for anything, it just rubbed me the wrong way. And mm-hmm. I would just always have attitude to those people. I now know that that was wrong. <laughs> you know, yeah, no, look, I, you know, attitude <laughs> to people because I, I'm privileged, but. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey guys, had a bit of a technical glitch here. So Kim Marie was making reference to the fact that she has a friend who she'd often share stories about her lived experiences dealing with race and class in Jamaica. And she said her friend would oftentimes be shocked at some of the stories she'd share. So in the next clip, she shares with us her response to his reaction. And he'd say, are you not bitter, etc." You know, and I said, look, you know, at a certain point, you realize that there's a difference between awareness and bitterness. Bitterness eats you up. But mm-hmm. you have, you know, I'm aware of these things. I'll call them out, mm-hmm. um, you know, because people have been very kind to me along the way. And yes, I've exactly, open, exactly. I've cracked open the door that I've slipped through, not even opening it. <laughs> And, you know, one of the things that inspires me is I want to open the door for other people. Yes. Um, you know, open the door, build the ladder, whatever it is, so that it's not as difficult um, for other people. Who The person you're talking to now is after X amount of years. You know, I, mm-hmm. I could, but, you know, I remember when the, those things hurt my self-confidence and et cetera. And, you know... I don't wish that on anyone else. Not but, at all. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I was very aware of it as I, at, uh, in high school and it was one of the reasons for going, um, abroad to college. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Not wanting to having to deal with that, that extra layer of challenges. Um, um yeah, look, you know, um, and bo- both my parents went to UA, so big up UA, but, <laughs> You know, for me at that time, I was just, I I said to my mother, I've had enough of brown dumb. I I just want to go somewhere and be Kim Marie, not Kim Marie from nowhere. I just want to be Kim Marie. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for indulging me on that point. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, not a problem. Mm -hmm. All right. So. Having, I want to talk about your experience at Oxford. Um, mm-hmm. It was my one of my childhood dreams to go there. I mean, it may happen one day. I don't know. But <laughs> at this point, I'm over school. <laughs> uh, what was your experience like there? What even probed you to pursue education in London? Uh, so, okay. So, you know, um, I talked about the people who pushed me along the way. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm always amazed by people. A lot of people I know, and not so good, are, have been self-driven the whole way. Mm-hmm. I am pretty driven. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as per the podcast, I am a driven woman. Mm-hmm. But there have been levels to it at different times. And I've grown into my drive. Yes. Um, so I actually went to Oxford as a Rhodes Scholar and mm-hmm. I applied for the Rhodes Scholarship twice. So that means I failed the first time. Interesting. And, you know, when I applied, it was just I didn't see any other way to go to um, graduate studies. Mm-hmm. So I applied. I I was, you know, young. I hadn't really gone back to Jamaica. So, you know, I think the whole weight of being back in a place where you just felt small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did not do well in that interview. So mm-hmm. um, 
I went on to Wall Street after my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. Um, and my mother said, oh, that's great. Love it. My daughter works on Wall Street. Um, so now you should apply for the Rhodes Scholarship again. Oh, my God. Your mother. Oh, I love it. So I, I said to her, no. You know, I was like, look, you know, when I was at the first one, I remember someone asked me, so which family are you from? Wow. No, no, that that question wouldn't even like register on me but when you're young and insecure mm-hmm. and you don't have an answer for that question you know because uh well um I don't really come from uh, you know big up mommy but and daddy mm-hmm. but you know I don't really come from any storied families so I just felt so small yeah I, and it's a question I know as a rule ask no one yeah so Sophia is Sophia. Yeah. Uh, if she wants to tell me about her family, that's fine. I'd ask no one that question. Um, and so I didn't want to go through that again. But I was a different person, and which my mom saw. So my mom yes. had the drive for me even when I didn't have it for myself mm-hmm. to that level. Yes, I was on Wall Street, but she's like, yeah, apply. And just to stop her from nagging me, <laughs> I applied. I literally sat down and pulled this application together in two days just to not have her call me and ask me again. Yes. And then I went to the interview and just last year I got feedback from one of my interviewers. So, you know, I mean, you don't ask. Once you become the Rose Scholar, you don't really ask. And he said to me, he had been on my interview panel twice. Oh, wow. And he said, he said, when you came in the second time, I was like, who is this? Is this the same person? Wow. He was like, you are so different and so confident um, and so just, you know, calm. Uh, and so at that point, I'd been on Wall Street. I was then living in Israel working um, um, on a, in a Palestinian women's, women's rights NGO. So, you know, I'm in the midst of the intifada. I'm crossing mm. lines. I'm being gun-butted. So, yeah, brown dumb just had no impact. Like, yes. are you serious? This is mm. what I've been worrying about. People, people you yeah. know, I'm, I'm moving supplies across the border between Israel and the West Bank. I, like, this does not matter to me. Exactly. And that exposure allowed you to realize that the world is a lot bigger than my insecurities. Did you kind of have that moment where you're like, okay, I really need to get over this or this feeling because there's so much more to my purpose and I can't afford. um, You realize if, you know, there's so much other things that life throughout me, you know, Um, in the year I, I, I was in Lehman Brothers of all the ill-fated things but um (laughs) in the year I was at Lehman Brothers I was the only black woman hired in that incoming class from Uh, Anna Jamaican at that right you you know that incoming investment um analyst class there was one other black man we'd literally hide in um Starbucks and have our like community coffees once a week (laughs) just to keep each other strong yes you know and when you go through that, you realize it's not, I'm not dismissing the issues in our, in Jamaican society, but you're, but one of the things 
one of the ways I cope was, look, life is throwing enough problems at me. I, I need to stop creating more. Mm. You know, going back to to Marcus Garvey and really understanding that, you know, without self-confidence, you're twice defeated in life. But it's not, I'm not shit, I'm not trying to shame anybody for the lack of, because I've been there, yeah. you know, but at some point you realize to to grow, to be driven, whatever it is you want to do, whether it is being a um, Wall Street investment banker or to have your own party shop, whatever it is, at a certain point you need to realize that you can't also join the, the, the cast of obstacles. You need yes. to be on the positive side of your yes. own journey. Yes. Yes, I love that. I love and and that. sometimes it comes from exposure, travel. Sometimes it's the nagging mother. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's the friend, you know, but, and everybody has, I wish you'd hear more where, you know, when self-doubt or whatever creeped in, where it came from. For me, it was, yeah, the mo- a, a nagging mom. Thank you, mom. But also um, exposure and yes. realizing that, you know, what we're, realizing just how many issues and how many other problems people are going through, you know, living with um, Palestinian people that they're under warfare and the Mm. pride in who they are is undiminished. Wow. So you had a powerful, um, I love, thanks so much for sharing that. I'm just processing all of it. (laughs) Uh, so while you were at Oxford, um, oh right, Oxford. So mm-hmm. <laughs> sorry, Oxford's about some of the I experience. talk a lot. Um, so Ox- Oxford, um, you know, when I got, I couldn't believe I got into. Like you know, when I got the road, I was just stunned. And then to go to Oxford, mm-hmm. and I mention it. Um, in some article I've mentioned this where. You know, when I was in primary school, we had that Oxford geometry set. Oh, yes. I remember uh, that. Yeah. Look, and I've never focused on it. It was just you get the Oxford one because that's a good one. Mm-hmm. Then that building on it, when I saw that building, I couldn't believe it. I, lit- I, I called my mom. I was like, you know, it's real. <laughs> you know, and of course, yes. I, you know, I can, it's, it's something that is very country come to town. But <laughs> and that that building is called the Bodleian, and just the fact that it's like a circular building became my my place of choice to study. So mm-hmm. anytime you know in in Oxford, I'd be like, boy, I can't, I don't know, am I am I supposed you know go to the Bodleian? I'm supposed to be here. I'm in that building. Yes. Um, I chose to go to a Welsh college. So, mm-hmm. um, so it's a college as opposed to a lot of the other English colleges because, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm very anti-colonization, whatever, whatever, you know, mm. and the thought of going to a college with the cross of St. George mm, um, flying was not, you know, so I was like, look, the Welsh might understand my anti-colonial struggle. Mm. Um, and so I went to Jesus College and loved it. Um, you know, I loved Oxford, but, and there is always a but, you know, mm. it was also, a, uh, it was an 
it was amazing. I was like, this is how people always live, like just going to schools with access to everything, mm-hmm. you know, and going to a school where you just say the name and people just stand in awe, yes. you know. So you're privileged, which is just so surreal to me um, and still is. But also um, it was, you know, a social education, like people talk about things that I'd be like, I, I didn't grow up that way. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about. What's a Savrosky? What's that? Mm. Oh, right. It's a crystal. Mm-hmm. Like, why is crystal important? You know, and people, <laughs> people are like, you know, so there were a group of us like blue color um, kids and we would support each other. And then yes. I had a, a Caribbean sect. Um, then, you know, the road scholar community has, has grown into more of a community these days. Mm. Right. At that time, I mean, there were the road scholars supported each other and I was very supported by some of my, um, fellow road scholars who, yeah, you know, the support along the way and just the opportunities. And it was then, by that time, my I was living in India, so India was actually my home address. Oh, um, okay. So I I would go back to India. So I did my thesis on um, an Indian Sanskrit dance theater as part of, you know part of my interest in cultural development. And what was interesting is I went back to speak at my department, and they talked about since me apparently there've only been two other citizens of the global south that have done another global south country because mm. at the time it's a thing you know jamaican study jamaica right you know, or 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 you study something local but and then and then the europeans or i.e. the white people study everywhere else and you're just like so why can't i study india the italian girls going to india i actually live there Yes. So wh- why, why, I don't understand. So that was part of the journey. But Oxford, I, I have, you know, I do have issues with roads, um, with Cecil Rhodes. My mom mm-hmm. at the time, I remember I said, boy, mom, you know, Cecil Rhodes, et cetera. And she's like, look, if you say you want to be part of change, et cetera, so you're going to just sit idly by while his money goes to what he intended it to for people who don't care about these issues to be educated. Let So she said, let him continue to walk the earth in despair that he yes. sent you to school Yes, and, and gave you opportunities, you know, because that would have him keep walking the earth. Mm-hmm. That's an and, interesting perspective. Right. Yeah. And, and yeah, so I continue to be pro-development um as in that way you know having been educated and received and you know i don't know how you know uh, in my reintroduction to jamaica um as a as a dreadlocked you know mm-hmm. woman uh without being a road scholar I, I could see that journey having been a lot more difficult. Mm, Yes. And I think uh, that conflict that you had uh, with accepting the opportunity, uh, I remember having a similar conversation with colleagues who are 
So I'm a Jamaica Youth Ambassador to the Commonwealth and we right. had an international meeting two years ago. So it was a grouping of us who are also youth ambassadors from respective Commonwealth countries and the whole issue of colonialism came up and the relevance of the Commonwealth and the starting point of it, you know, what connects us all as Commonwealth countries. And sometimes we want to shy away from those conversations, but we have to be bold about it and or else we'll have a, certain, a sort of pent up anger and that anger may prevent us from seeing the opportunities right. that are before us now and rewriting the history or rewriting the stories exactly. that we tell ourselves. Exactly. Um, I've been involved in some of the Rose Scholar retreats while being here in the UK and, you know, just being part of a, a team of scholars that want to impress upon the the new scholars of the importance of leadership, the importance of fighting that world's fight, the importance mm-hmm. of understanding where the privileges you have or don't have and being kind to others. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. All right. So this conversation is just so good. All right. <laughs> Calm down. So <laughs> my next question <laughs> to you is... <laughs> So let's talk to me about some of the challenges that you experienced along your journey. You hinted at feminism and you hinted at um, being a dreadlock woman <laughs> with real dreads. <laughs> <laughs> oh, talk to me about that. Uh, you know, there's so the obstacles and it's interesting. I usually, uh, one of my laws or maybe it's part of the drive is I don't tend to dwell on the obstacles mm, but yes, I yes. but but because you know, yes I'm, I'm I intend to jump over them mm-hmm. but they, they continue at some I, you know when people talk about say even back to the Jamaican society issue when people talk about poverty they usually think it's just a financial thing mm-hmm. but it's not just a financial thing um, it's especially in Jamaica. It's a lot of financial and like connection resources. Yes. So you know, I don't. You don't have generation intergenerational resources to tap into, whether financial or otherwise. And that's been an obstacle. You know, I I can't call uncle and auntie to ask for things. Mm-hmm. You know. Um. I love my uncles and aunties, but at, at best, I'm getting lunch. At best. You know, I, I, I can't ask them to swing a deal for me or get me mm-hmm. a job or, you know. Um, and so the lack of those kinds of resources, even more than the just the money, um, is, a, is an obstacle. Um, I remember being a film commissioner and head of creative industries and having um, someone ask me in a, in a room full of people, so why, you know, she asked, so what's your claim to fame now? Why, why should I listen to you? At this point, I'm a Rhodes Scholar. I'm a Capri co-founder, wow. former U- UNESCO consultant, and, of course, the film commissioner, head of creative industries. Um, but they were, you know, from the requisite background so and i just i just refused to answer i just didn't answer um 
you know, and there was just silence in the room. But it, and and being aware that that kind of disrespect comes, it's it's not just money. It's not whether you know, it's about just not coming from a certain background, mm-hmm. and that you know that that less so now. I will admit, but um, it continues to be a bugbear because p- people in different ways try to figure out so which family are you from. Yeah. Like you must be connected to someone to have achieved all of these accolades. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is an obstacle. Uh, and then one connected to that is uh, bad mind. So, you know, just a notion that, uh, and that's a, it's not only in Jamaica, but I find it heightened in the Caribbean. Mm. Um, in, in a way that I haven't seen in a lot of the other countries. It, it's not to that, not, it's not as prevalent um, where once you are successful or seen to be successful, people just want to break you down. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I, I highlight the bad mind and of course the wealth of bad mind songs in reggae and dancehall, oh yes. that I am not joking. I all I and when I'm faced with that, um, you know, I often remember who, those who are supported, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a bad mind, like they don't want, whether it's jealousy or um, just you shouldn't be anywhere if I'm not there. Or you shouldn't you shouldn't get these accolades if I'm not there. Uh, I once worked I worked um, one of my first jobs upon return to Jamaica was for Edward Siaga as um, his re- research fellow, mm-hmm. um, and he once told me that if you're the smartest person in your team, and I'll expand that to your network, if you're the most accomplished and the smartest in your network, then you have a bad network. Mm. You know, um, and he was very clear. You cannot be the, if you're the smartest. So his original thing was, if you're the smartest person on the team, the team is bad. Wow. I agree. If if you're the, the, the most accomplished in your network, your network is bad. You know, you need to build each other for it to be useful to you. Mm-hmm. You know, even just from that selfish perspective, but also, you know, you are strong as your network. Wow. Um, so... You know, so obstacles, the, and then also, um, you know, there, I've, I've spoken about my own, you know, journey to what self-realization, et cetera, you know, um, the obstacles of even when your whole environment says you should be no one to believe you should be someone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a saying about that from nothing to something. Yes. Um, and it takes a lot, you know, in an environment that tells you that, no, you can't better for you to believe you have to, you will be better. Um, and that comes a lot from also, um, you know, overcoming that through a lot of support. Uh, feminism and, you know, just a general belief in people's rights sometimes can be a big threat to other people. Mm. Um, you know, people, people don't like people who rock the boat like that, you know? And so I've had to be very, I've had to 
realize that if I'm going to live my life a certain way and advocate for certain things, I need to also get better at dealing with opposition. Yes. Um, and get comfortable with it because it's coming. It, I can't change anybody else. People are not going to suddenly like that you're calling out classism or suddenly like that you're walking around saying, well, you know, I as a woman won't put up with this or I as a dark skin won't. So you have to be better at opposition. And, mm-hmm. and worse, if you're going to be ambitious, I want to be the cultural policy expert, the cultural industries expert. Then, yeah. Okay. Get better at dealing with the opposition. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a very important skill that we all need to master because sometimes the opposition may be gentle and sometimes it may be just in your face. And if you don't have the emotional intelligence to know how to navigate those kinds of situations, you'll just go in a very dark place and, and find it very difficult to get out sometimes. So I love that tip. But what made you decide to get into cultural policy or cultural studies? Um, what was that event that sparked your interest in that area? Uh, well, I've, I love um, arts and culture. Um, you know, when, again, when I was younger, I... Um, I I would be sent off to the Comrade Come Library to look at the different exhibitions because it was close to my home, right? Mm -hmm. And that was my mom's way of educating us. So we would um, go and see like all the exhibitions like Embassy of China or, you know, and and I was so fascinated by all these things. And then also, I always loved music and film and visual arts. Uh, I remember the National Gallery before its current glow-up phase. (laughs) Grateful for the glow-up. And to the point that I walk into the National Gallery now and if if something's moved in the permanent collection, I ask why. Because I know know it mapped out. (laughs) I'm like, wait, hold on. Why did you move (laughs) Kapo to over there? Why Dinah is, you know... That was how much. And so I just like cultural expression. And I think, you know, particularly coming from the class of people that create these things, you know, mm. reggae, dance, all these, these don't come from the upper classes generally. Right. And just that cultural expression, yes. people saying things that you understand or visualizing in the, the world that is familiar. I know, know I have expanded to being curious as to how other people visualize the world, like different mm. ways that are alien to my own. And so I joke about when I was um, film commissioner, head of creative industries, and even now as, a, as an academic in the cultural industries and policy, Sometimes I joke I should have chosen something else because it mm. feeds all my worst addictions. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, I can totally watch K-drama all day. I can, you know, I just, it's just a love. I, it's hard yes. to explain. There's no logic to it because, of course, as a Rhodes Scholar, the, the standard is, or a lot of Rhodes Scholars are, 
you know, doctors, lawyers, mm-hmm. and no and you're more this, this unicorn because you're doing cultural studies. Yeah, like I no mean, one has seen the, that the, coming. The best I can say is I probably have the best cocktail stories. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, discovering that love, um, then turning it into... So I resisted initially when I did my undergraduate studies at Wesleyan University. I studied economics and politics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I ended up doing a study abroad in Japan. And again, you know, just so fascinated I was with this different culture and then this different language and the connections. and and the, But I resisted, you know, stick on to the path that you're supposed to do. I did mm-hmm. Wall Street. And I was miserable. And wow. you know, when when you're when you don't come, uh, when you're a child of poor people, and finally earning money and realizing that you know, and I wasn't nowhere near the top of Wall Street, right? But you're on yeah. Wall Street. You're being paid a lot to work like a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was miserable. I was miserable, like. You know, I was good at making the models, um, the economic models, and that skill serves me to this day mm-hmm. as, you know, on, um, on, like, as a board member of Kingston Creative, for example, you know, being able to understand these financial projections, yeah. et cetera, yeah. but miserable. And you say, okay, so clearly, I, I, my mom still has my, um, uh, what you call it, my business card. They put it in loose sight. Mm-hmm. on your desk i yes. gave it to her at that time and was like yes i guess this is the last time i'm going to make you pro because <laughs> <laughs> i just can't do this wow. and so uh and so you know i did development studies at oxford um and then that as i i mentioned before i ended up studying sanskrit dance theater mm-hmm. and that was inspired by watching from my window in india you know, the, this art form was done in the temple and it would last hours in the temple. But of mm. course, it's that temple blessing. You just get offerings. No one can live off that. Yeah. But then, so they would do a tourist um, production. And, and Arundhati Roy writes about it in her, uh, in her um, award-winning book, um, God of Small Things. Okay. And it's a similar thing, you know, they they do the the tourist performance, which is shortened and frankly hybridized, bastardized, whatever, whatever word one feels comfortable with. And then they do a big elaborate performance in the temple. Mm-hmm. And just, you know, just looking at cultural expression and the history and then the economic imperatives and the and then the linkage with development, etc. Um, that that thesis definitely started the journey. Wow, wow, that's powerful. Uh, so, Kim Marie, I would—I'm not sure if you're comfortable with this phrase, but I'd say that you're an overachiever, um, and a lot of. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I would love for you to, if you have something like an a, a action step, or some tips that you'd want to share with persons who either want to make a pivot in their career 
or they're at a stage where they're trying to figure out um, where to take their life, what would you recommend to them doing? Well, look, I, I know it's, I, it is the rave now to the vision boards. Mm. Um, I am very supportive of it. I, um, I, I guess I did the, 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 I guess the poor man's version of it, which is just write it down. Mm-hmm. But whatever it is, if you're, you know, visual, whatever, the f- every, every change and pivot, like for example, the one from investment banking I've done, I wrote it down. Mm-hmm. You know, I, you know, mm-hmm. I made a step. I, I, I did a whole, you know, make an appointment with myself, sit down with my cup of coffee and just say, all right, why are you unhappy? What, you know, what else needs to happen? Yes. Um, for example, the move from um, film commissioner, for example, to uh, and head of creative industries to going back to do my PhD. You know, that was inspired by me being, in part, inspired by being unhappy with the, the, the consultants that kept being sent, you know, and they tell mm. me what happened in London and what happened in Stockholm and how we should do it here. And I'm like, yeah. but those things are fundamentally different. Yes. Fundamentally different policy structure. And I realized, so in writing down my frustration with that, I was like, well, clearly the next step is for me to be the expert. So that's what mm. we're doing next. Yes, yes. And it, so that's one, write it down. And not just where you're going, but why you even want to go there. Because it's really hard to stay on a path if it's just because, you know, daddy told you to. Mm-hmm, exactly. Or, the, or, you know, um, then the other thing is be prepared to take risks. Um, you know, I went to Antarctica. I mean, who does that? And I you have went to process. Antarctica. <laughs> Yeah, what? I got frostbite to prove it. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> you know, because I was just like, well, I want to go to Antarctica and I got the frostbite to prove it and live through it. And, you know, learned a whole lot from Antarctica that I still, it still use in my daily life. Mm. I moved to Australia, moved halfway across the world. You have to, you have to be prepared to take risks for what you want. Yes. I mean, I remember literally crying on that plane to, to, to Sydney. Because I was like, what am I doing? I don't even know anyone in this country. Mm-hmm. Um, so you take the risk. But you also be prepared to, f- not be prepared to fail, be prepared to pick yourself up after failure. Mm, yes, that's you know? the important part. Um, you, you know, when I was in high school, I, I, I failed art. I joke, the other joke I tell about what my chosen direction is that, you know, the reason I write about cultural industries and policies because I have no talent. So I have to write about <laughs> talent. <laughs> I mean, not quite, but yeah. You know, I did so disastrously bad in art. In, in I mean, my stick men need work. <laughs> but... You know, I when I was in college, I actually became quite grateful for it because I had to, you know, when you're like an A student, whatever, 
a lot of the other A students I was surrounded by had never failed anything before. Yeah, you needed to be humbled. <laughs> look, I know how to fail and pick up myself. I'm like, yes. look, the, the, the teacher said my stick man can't make it. And, you know, I'm going back in that class next week, right? <laughs> and, I mean, that's a small failure. But, you know, in, in you moved to Australia, it wasn't fun. Mm-hmm. You know, I rem- the first year, yeah, okay, it's in English, but it wasn't fun. You know, doing research in India and in South Korea, I faced racism, sexism, whatever. And I had to just, you know, it's not the failure that's the issue, it's the picking up after yes. the failure. Yes. So, and I, it, you know, so, and then value yourself and your own expertise, you know. Mm, yes. People call it arrogant, people might call me arrogant and obnoxious, but, you know, you work for this value yourself and your expertise and build a network um the other the, the other day you know i had a situation where some bad mind came into play and was successful mm. and you know i sat there and, and it hit hard and i'm not even i literally spoke to friend in Jamaica, Canada, the US and Australia within like an hour and a half we were like, no, you need to pick yourself up. Well, like, no. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I didn't have to sit here by myself, just you know, friends were like, all right, so it happened, move on, move on. Yes. You know, and having that network, there are days when you need somebody to kind of help you pick yourself up. So I, I think those are my action steps. Write them. Write it down. Know why you're doing this. Get get your people on board. You know, not just people who might work for you, but also your supportive network. Yes. Be prepared to work hard and be the expert and take the risk yes. and pick yourself up because trust me, if you're doing something life changing, it's high risk and. There will be failures. If you've never failed, it's because you've never done anything. Mm-hmm. 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 I, I feel like sometimes we we in idealizing, idolizing people who are successful, we it's almost imaginable that they go through any form of hardship. And and so, which is why, even though I get that you don't like to harp about obstacles and stuff like that, but it needs to be said because sometimes we'll go through a situation and we feel like we're just the unfortunate ones or mm. we're mm. just unlucky, not realizing that every successful person has gone through some sort of obstacle that they've had to overcome and they've felt down on their luck. They've, you know, their self-esteem may have plummeted at some point or another, and they had to rise above that. So yeah, I'm, no. I'm, look, I remember when people told us Capri couldn't be. Mm, look at that! Wow. I, 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 the, um, the last time I was in Jamaica, I went to one of the seminars. I, I could barely speak; like it was full. People, you know, and I remember people just being like, I think tank, look, man, mm-hmm. development in Jamaica is about, you know, schools and feeding people and mm-hmm. healthcare. It's not about yeah, who don't care. We don't care about creativity. And, and, yeah. Intellectuals. I'm like, so how are we going to create the environment for all those other 
initiatives if we don't do the research. Mm-hmm, exactly. And, you know, I remember I had a, I had a laptop die on me um, when when so um, so there was a whole group of us and I was the first executive director and John Rapley was the first president. I had a laptop die on me. The man looked at me and said, "You know, he thinks the motherboard might be melting." Mm-hmm. And I, he said, "So when do you turn it off?" <laughs> oh, and I said, "Oh, when I sleep." Oh, when's that? Um, maybe mm. two hours. Mm. Look, he wow. just looked at me and I looked at him. He's like, right, so you need a new computer. Yeah. And, you know, and it's, it, yeah, look, the stories you could tell, every, every journey is, you know, every big break comes at a cost. Um, uh, but yeah, you have to, you have to pick yourself up sometimes, you know, you, I, I limit my pity parties to a day at a time. <laughs> yes. You get, you get one day, you know, when you, you get one day and then you wake up next morning and the action plan mm-hmm. and, and, and my, my friends argue, no, too long. I said two hours. Two hours. <laughs> Yes, you have two hours to travel yeah, and then get over it. Then you have to get up. But there is a thing of, I put a limit on, you have to get up. And, you know, and this whole notion of like, you know, if you're a great feminist and whatever, um, you know, life is not a ladder. It's it's a series of plateaus. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's my experience of it. For those who it's like a great elevator, I wish you the best and go with God. And I hope more of us get on the elevator. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but, but, but I will say, you know, if you, if you keep working at it and you keep getting up, you must reach, you must reach somewhere. Me, you know, my, my, if I had a, a motto, my thing is always reach for the sun. Yes. Look, reach for the sun. a lot of times I've caught the stars. But you know what? The star is better than where I started from. Definitely. I haven't quite reached the sun yet, but but it's it's in it's in view. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's how I think about it. We, we we're gonna keep catching stars till we till we reach the sun. Yes, I love that. Uh, one more question before I get to the last last question. No problem. Uh, as a as a professional woman. Uh, who is you know very much out there? Has there been any pressure from your family to start a family of your own, or you know, <laughs> you no? Know, I said, oh people- Lord, they, of course they they would not be doing their job if they did otherwise, right? Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. Of course, there has been um, a lot of pressure, um, not just from family, but uh, of course, you know, I'm living in so you know, I've lived in certain societies where this is the it. Yes. I am, I'm not against these things, right? Uh, a friend of mine put it, uh, where an Indian friend of mine, she's like, this thing is luck, you know, to mm. an extent. Mm. Um, the, the, the children part is not so much luck. No, you can do it without. <laughs> uh, but having a partner, but finding the partner is, is still luck. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, 
especially when I moved to Australia at that time in my life, I was like, all right, so if I make this move now, because, you know, if I stay in Jamaica, I can go along that path. It would mm-hmm. be simpler to find a partner and the kids. If I move to Australia and uproot my life, it could get actually more difficult. And then, you know, and so even part of that writing down process was, so what do you want it to look like? Do you want fam- family, etc.? Um, and I said, you know, you know, I, to myself, I was like, you know, I, I'm willing to deal with either option. Yes. Uh, but, but I made that decision. Yeah. So I think, you know, I'm, a lot of us wait, wait for life to happen to us. You know, um, I think you, you need to be like, all right, if you're not making this a priority, then that's not going to happen. And mm-hmm. are you, are you going to live with it? Right. Um, I, but the pressure is there. Oh my goodness! You know, um, I've had the relatives be like, "Look, Kim, all you have to do is have the child, and then I'll take care of them." Like that it's level here. of just, you know. And and my people are more often than not religious, right? So basically, I must have a child in sin. They they mm-hmm. good with that now. They they've Look reached that. that level of desperation. So, um, but you know, I made my choices and I, I, I'm happy with the choices that I've made. Yes. Which is the most Um, important part. I'm glad you mentioned that because the pressure can really eat away at you. But you need to be, look, um, you know, I have friends who've made other choices and I'm happy for them. You know, I think, and Everybody has their own reasons. For me, I grew up in a home. I know how hard it is to raise a kid on your own. I was mm-hmm. that kid. Um, and my mom did a great job. I don't know if I have that. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, and then, you know, so, and then also for women in terms of partnership, it is tougher. You know, I won't like people. I said to even the other scholars, look, you know, if I... My male um, road scholar friends, if mm-hmm. they want to get a woman interested in them, they just tell tell her. She, oh, I'm a road scholar. scholar. <laughs> Listen, man, you know, and, and I'm a, I am assuming heterosexual, but it um I know it works in in the homosexual mm-hmm. relationships as well. Mm-hmm. People start planning the family they're having with you. Mm-hmm. Me, when I'm uninterested in a man, I just tell you him just I'm tell a road scholar. <laughs> Yes, and he's like, oh dear, she's too smart for me. I Look, can't bother with this. I mean, that's why they will leave. You know, I was just like, you know, when I when I was at Oxford on my road scholarship, yeah, no, done. Especially wow. in my area, right? You're just like, you're, you're what? Oh, no. So there, it comes with that complication, but it's not always like that. Look, um... I, I can tell a lot of love stories and I can tell a lot of heartbreak stories um, from my own and also from my friends, you know. So, but I think you have to, especially if you're going to be a driven woman, you need to decide, make a decision on that part of your life. Because there is going to be a time where you're going to have to decide, I, am I going to give that a priority or not? Yeah. And, be, and whether you decide to, all right, I'm going to focus on family or not, um, you need to be comfortable with that decision. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, I, and I know decisions all over that map 
And, you know, I mean, for me, I, and again, this is going to be controversial, I think, especially in the Jamaican environment, um, that I, I love kids. I love, you know, I like the idea of family. I have more God kids than I can think about. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when I think of what I want, the kind of life I want support and comfort and I'm more inspired by Grace and Frankie than by modern family Mm, yeah and I know look that's not what you say (laughs) because you know people actually think that's being selfish like not um getting excited about the prospects of being a mother they say that you're selfish and i think it's so unfortunate i've, that I've heard that and that. i'm look you know if if you're not excited by the prospect of motherhood you know my mom used to be um head of uh maxfield park children's home right mm-hmm. um if you're not excited by the prospect of motherhood if, if it's just a tick box Spare us on the child. Amen. You know, I've worked with the children that aren't aren't wanted or, you know, people didn't prepare. It's it's not, no. And, you know, and that's even part of the inspiration. Like, when you see children that nobody prepared for, nobody wants. You know, my mom wanted me. And Mm -hmm. every, you know, every day, I know this. My dad yes. wanted me, you know, I mean, and, and, and she made the sacrifices accordingly. If you're not in that space, spare us all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Definitely. You know, sure. but, but yeah, but I, yeah, but I know, I know this is not the Jamaican Grace and Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> That's just one step down from, from dreaded cat lady. <laughs> You know what um, I find interesting, um, Kim Marie, that you've been you've been all over the world, but you sound like a Jamaican. Um, I don't know if people say this to you. People say that to me all the time. Um, again, you know, my family is very disappointed by that. Um, you know, <laughs> you should have traveled around the world and come back with at least like a stush accent, at least if nothing else. <laughs> And you come back and you sound, oh. Like you sound just so like one away. <laughs> <laughs> so disappointing. <laughs> so, you know, that's a, that's a whole thing in and of itself. <laughs> but, you know, I'm very proud of where I come from. You know, the more I travel, the more I'm like, Jamaica is amazing. The energy, like, for example, you know, the energy that you see marshaled in just, all aspects of Jamaica. When I, even with this COVID nineteen, as you know, I look. You, you see, young entrepreneurs making masks, making yeah. um face shields. You know, yeah. nobody had to say to them, "Okay, you should do." The, you know, government didn't reach out and say, "You must do this." People did that and then came to the government, right? Exactly. Said, look, how can we jump in? Almost from week one, Ray and Nephew jumping and say, look, hand sanitizer. Yeah. You know, and all, you know, another said, say, look, we, we're going to give money. And that's just the non-cultural thing. Then culturally, I mean, it's what, you know, 
being involved with something like Kingston Creative, just the wealth of culture. If I was, in, you know, when I was in Australia and where I was, you know, um, judging the national dance hall competition there, if we even had half of what I see on the street side in Jamaica. Mm, You know, I mean, we are blessed. So I'm very proud to be Jamaican. Yes, yes. When people think, because I note things in our society, I don't like, I don't like Jamaica. I love Jamaica. You know, it's it's like, it's like loving a partner. Your partner Mm -hmm. is not perfect. You love them in spite of it. Exactly. Exactly. You know, and our issues come from our history. It didn't just drop from sky. You know, so I'm very proud to be Jamaican. So maybe that's part of the whole, you know, I still sound Jamaican. Yes. But it's, yeah. But mm. I, again, much to the dismay of the family. Much <laughs> to the dismay. So, okay, Marie, we've had a great time. And uh, my final question to you is what keeps you driven? You know, I, what keeps me driven? Because I haven't done everything I want to do. Yet. Mm, yes. You know, I haven't reached the sun yet. You know, I'm inspired. Yes, it's uh, it's my own um, love of culture and art, but I'm also inspired by the development. Um, yes. not, no, it's expanded beyond just development of Jamaica, but also a, a global South yes. development using our cultural resources. Um, and that hasn't happened yet. You know, we, we still have to figure out how do we ensure that those who create and innovate, especially at a time like this when we rely on all those creations to survive this thing, um, how do they benefit? You know, yes. how, do, how do we make sure that what comes from Jamaica, what comes from Brazil, what comes from South Africa redounds to the benefit of the creators? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that requires research, even though it's in the industry, like, you know, how the industry works. That's one thing. Now, how can we make it work better or fairer? That's, yes. that's a research thing. And, and that hasn't happened yet. So mm-hmm. I, I st- still have work to do. Yes, and, yes, and that's yes. why, you know, you get involved in community projects. You sit on boards like here for um, the arts gallery in Southampton because you're just like, yes, you're doing the research and you're writing and whatever, but you also want to do that, have that policy translation happen right. um, as fast as possible. Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. And I can imagine how well I know what it feels like to coming from a humble background and then recognizing that I'm a global citizen and my voice matters. Oh, and I'm oh. actually in a position to affect change. Right. No, look, mm-hmm. I, I well, you know, it's a big people, you know, uh, I live in time like every night before I go to bed, I have to decide what's the time zone for the next mm-hmm. day. Yes. And it sounds ludicrous, but it's a real thing, you know, like, all right, am I going to be on Korean timing because most of my, you know, I'm trying to cluster the meetings according to, or whatever you're doing according to what geographic location. And it's yeah. so, it's still surreal. Yeah. Yep. It's still surreal to the, how did I get here? Mm-hmm. Is this my life kind of thing? Yeah. And then you still don't, and, and then you still don't sound proper. But like, <laughs> I, 
going to lie, sometimes that sounds speaky, spooky, and um, no, my look, family, my, my family points it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, <laughs> you have to no, do it I, time. <laughs> you know, your code switch. I saw, I speak differently in different languages. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So how I speak Japanese is not how I speak Patois. <laughs> Yeah, I went, it's been one of my goals from all along to actually prioritize a second language. Um, it, 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 yeah, no, it does open up like, you know, just how people, I mean, I guess because you're coming as a foreigner to language, how people structure their the sentences in a language, how things that are said gives a clue into the culture from which that language is coming from. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm going to do it one day. Span- I'm going to start off with Spanish because me, me kind of know something right there. So <laughs> <laughs> You'll be surprised how much you'll actually understand. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, Kim Marie, this has been a very rich conversation. Thank you so much for your time. We went over the hour. Thanks for <laughs> indulging me. Um, no worries. No worries. All right. Awesome. So um, I'm looking forward to sharing this conversation and keep doing what you're doing and keep inspiring people. And I know people will be inspired from our conversation. For sure. All right. Thank you, Sophia. You're welcome. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Driven Woman podcast. Be sure to head over to sophiabryan.com and check out my free resources tab. I love hearing from you. So my DMs are open and you can follow me at underscore Sophia Bryan and Sophia Bryan JA on Instagram and Twitter respectively. Follow the show at Driven Woman podcast on Twitter and on Instagram. Looking forward to hearing from you and looking forward to receiving your feedback. Until next time, stay driven.